Lesson number 63, Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 105 to 122. Inna anzalna ilayka al-kitaba bil-haqqi. Indeed, we have revealed to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the book. How? In truth. Meaning, containing the truth. It has the truth. It teaches the truth. And in reality, it is Allah who has revealed the book. Why? لِتَحْكُمَ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ So that you may judge between the people. How? بِمَا According to that which أَرَاكَ اللَّهُ Allah has shown you. أَرَاكَ From رَاهَمْ زَيَا رَأَى To see. أَرَى To show. So judge between the people according to that which Allah has shown you. Meaning what Allah has taught you. What Allah has made clear to you. Meaning according to the truth that Allah has given to you. In other words, according to the book. According to the law that Allah has revealed. وَلَا تَكُنْ And when you're judging between people, then do not be لِلْخَائِنِينَ For those who are deceitful, خَصِيمًا An advocate. خَائِنِينَ Plural of خَائِن Who is خَائِن? One who does خِيَانَ خَا وَاو نُون What is khiyana? The opposite of amana. Amana is to fulfill the trust, to fulfill the responsibility, to be honest, to be trustworthy. And khiyana is the opposite of that. To betray, to deceive, to break the trust. Alright? So those who are treacherous, those who betray and deceive, do not be a khasim for them. Who is khasim? Khasim is one who does khasm. Kha, saad, meem. And khasm is argument. What kind of argument? For the sake of one's rights. That when a person is defending himself, when a person is defending his rights, so he's speaking up to defend. So over here Allah says, do not be a defender. For who? For the treacherous people. Do not be an advocate. For who? For the deceitful people. What do we learn in this verse? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed the book containing the law. Why? So that it is judged by. So that people judge according to the law that Allah has revealed. According to the truth and the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown. According to the guidance that He has made clear. And once the guilt of someone is seen, it is exposed, it is known, then such a person should not be defended. Then the person who is an authority should not be defending those who are guilty. Because the law of Allah, what does that tell us to do? To be just and fair. اِعْدِلُوا هُوَ أَقْرَبُ taqwa. Allah says, be just, that is closer to taqwa. So when you know that someone is innocent, then they should be given what they deserve. And when you know that someone is guilty, then they should be held responsible. They should be penalized. So never ever defend who? Those who are treacherous, those who are deceitful. Because if you do that, then you're not obeying the law of Allah. You're not following the book that Allah has revealed. When? If you defend the deceitful. Now the immediate context of this verse is the case of a man by the name of Tu'ma bin Ubayliq. Tu'ma. Ta'in Mim Tamabuta. This man committed theft. He stole some wheat. Okay, and a chain mail. And what he did was that when he was accused of stealing these two things, 
in order to prove himself innocent, he took these things and he put them secretly in the house of a Jewish man. Alright? And there was a hole or something in the bag of wheat, so there was a trail basically that led up to the Jewish man's house. And when the people blamed Thurma, he said, no, I never stole anything. Look, this man, this Jewish man, he is the one who stole. He is the one who committed the theft. And his tribesmen, they supported him. They defended him. And they took the case to the Prophet ﷺ. So this argument was basically between who? The Jewish man and this man Thurma. Thurma said, I am innocent. The Jewish man said, I am innocent. I have no idea what's happening. But because the family of Thurma, his clan, they were very eloquent in their speech, with their proofs, with their arguments, with their eloquent speech basically, they almost convinced the Prophet ﷺ that Thurma was innocent and the Jewish man was guilty. Alright? This is what happened. So the Prophet ﷺ was about to give the verdict in favor of Thurma. He was about to do that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses. That no, we have revealed the book to you so that you judge according to the book. Not according to what a person is saying. Not according to what people want from you. What they're pressurizing you to do. No. No matter how much peer pressure there is. No matter how much compulsion there is from people. When the law of Allah comes, that has to be observed. And when you know that someone is guilty, then do not defend them. Now the Prophet ﷺ, he would pass his judgment based on what? On the apparent. Like we learned earlier, a lot of emphasis was laid on the fact that when you deal with people, deal with them based on their apparent. You don't know what's inside, what they tell you, take it, accept it. So this was the way of the Prophet ﷺ. And he did not possess the knowledge of the unseen. So if someone came and presented their case to them, and another person came, presented their case to them, whatever seemed to be most correct, he would pass the judgment in their favor. Because he would make the judgment based on his understanding and knowledge. And remember that if his judgment was correct, then silence would mean approval, meaning if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not reveal anything concerning it, that meant that his judgment was correct. And if Allah did not approve of his ruling, then verses were revealed correcting the Prophet ﷺ. For example, once a woman came to the Prophet ﷺ complaining that her husband had hit her. So what did the Prophet ﷺ say? Go hit him back. Take revenge. Right? And then immediately... Wahi was sent that no, she's not going to do that. Stop her. So she, that woman was stopped. Why? Because if she were to go hit her husband back, she would be given two more. Right? And this would lead to a lot of domestic violence in the house. Imagine the husband's hitting the wife and the wife is hitting the husband. Both parties are hitting one another. So this would lead to complete chaos. There has to be some level of respect between the husband and the wife. If the husband hits the wife, it's not correct for him. There's only one case, a severe case in which he is allowed. And even that, there's a lot of restrictions. And we have discussed that already. All right? But anyway, we see that if the decision that the Prophet ﷺ made was not approved by Allah, then he was corrected immediately. Like in this case. He was about to pass the judgment in the favor of Torma, but he was stopped from doing that. The Prophet ﷺ said, Verily, I am only human, and I judge based on what I hear. Some of you might be more eloquent in presenting his case than others. 
so that I judge in his favor. If I judge in one's favor concerning the right of another Muslim, meaning that person is wrong, and I judge in his favor based on the story that he has presented, then it is a piece of the fire. Meaning, what that guilty one is being given, what he does not deserve, then that is what? In reality, a piece of the fire. So let him take it or leave it. It's up to him. Because sometimes this happens, that people are very persuasive. They pressurize a person, and they come up with one explanation after the other. And they present their crime as an act of justice. Correct? Think about it. So many people, so many crimes happen. And what do they say? I'm taking revenge. I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I disapprove of this policy. I disapprove of this bill. And this is the reason why I'm taking this action. They have their justifications, but does it make them right? It doesn't make them right. When they're wrong, they're wrong. So the Prophet ﷺ said, that if I pass a judgment between you, giving the guilty one a right, then he knows what the reality is. He knows what the reality is. So he should realize that what I'm giving is a piece of fire, so let him take it or... Leave it. It's up to you. So in this ayah, what do we see? That when there are matters of dispute, then the decision should be taken from the Qur'an, should be according to the law, not according to what the people want you to say or do. And another important lesson we learn here is that we are not allowed to defend the deceitful people. Who are the deceitful people? Those who are guilty, who are criminal, who are wrong, but they want to be seen as innocent. They are those who are khain. Because this is khiyana, right? That you know you are wrong, but you're pretending that you're innocent. You know you have committed a crime, but you want to be seen as someone who is so nice, someone who wouldn't even hurt an ant. Hmm? This is khiyana. This is deceit. So we're not allowed to defend the guilty, the deceitful people. And even if such a person is your own brother, your own parents, you are still not allowed to defend them. Even if they're your relatives. Someone has committed a crime, and you know they have committed a crime. Then no matter what relationship exists between you and them, you cannot defend them. Even, remember, if they are your brother in faith. Even if they are your brother in faith. Because this man, Thurma, he was a Muslim. And he was guilty. And the Jewish man was not a Muslim, but he was innocent. Look at the justice of Allah. That if someone has committed theft and they're falsely accusing someone, it doesn't matter whether they're Muslim or not. When they're guilty, they are guilty. So we're not allowed to defend such people, to stand up for such people who are deceitful, who betray, who break trusts, who harm others, who commit crimes and who want to be seen as innocence. This is not innocence. Innocence is what? When you're clean, when you have not harmed others. That is innocence. As a lawyer also, if a person knows that someone's a criminal, then they're not allowed to take up that case. You're not allowed to do that. No matter how much money you're being given, when you know this person is guilty, you cannot defend them. Islamically, you are not allowed to defend them. So don't go into criminal law. Because otherwise you'll have no business. Wastaghfirullah and seek forgiveness from Allah. Beg Allah for forgiveness. Who is being told over here? The Prophet. Why? 
Why is he being told to seek forgiveness from Allah? Because he was about to make a decision that was wrong. He was at the verge of making a very hasty decision that was incorrect. So astaghfirullah, seek forgiveness from Allah. Inna Allah kana ghafoorur rahima. Indeed Allah is ever forgiving and merciful. So we see that just the intention, just the resolve to side with the one who has a more convincing argument without proper investigation is something that does not befit a person in authority. Because the Prophet ﷺ heard Thurma's side of the story. His argument seemed to be more convincing. So he was about to pass the ruling in his favor. Now this itself is something that does not befit a person in authority. We learned earlier that don't be quick to pass judgments about people. Don't be quick to take action. When should we take action? After investigation. So a person in authority, what are they supposed to do? Investigate the matter thoroughly, hear both sides of the story, do their own research, check, and then based on their understanding, make the decision. So the Prophet ﷺ is told, وَاسْتَغْفِرِ And then this is a big lesson for us as well. That if someone is in a position of authority and constantly they're dealing with matters of dispute, you are right and you are wrong, this should be done and that should not be done, this should be continued and this should be discontinued. When a person is in such a position, then A, they have to take their time in order to make those decisions. They should not rush. Because rushing, being hasty, this is from shaitan, right? And then he makes us take the wrong action. And secondly, while they are making decisions, whatever they are doing, don't just look at who is more convincing in their speech. Look at both sides of the story. Just because someone knows how to talk and talk really well, doesn't mean they're right. Also here, the other individual. And when you've made the decision, even then seek forgiveness from Allah. That once we've made the wrong decision and we realize later on, it's very difficult to take our words back. It's very difficult for such a person to realize that they had made the wrong decision. It's really detrimental. It's very harmful. So what should be done? Take your time. Don't be quick to pass judgment. And even when the judgment has been passed, then seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا تُجَادِلْ And do not argue from jidal, jim, dal, lam. Do not argue عَنِ on behalf of those people who يَخْتَانُونَ أَنفُسَهُمْ who deceived themselves. يَخْتَانُونَ from khiyana Again. So those people who deceive themselves do not argue on their behalf. What does this mean? Do not defend them. Do not advocate for them. Who are those people who deceive themselves? Who are those people who deceive themselves? What does it mean by deceiving yourself? That when a person is guilty, and he pretends that he's not guilty. And he wants to get away with it. And by this, what is he trying to do? He's deceiving other people. In reality, he is wrong. But by his words, and false evidence, and a story that he's made up, he's deceiving people by making them believe that he is innocent. But remember that before we deceive someone else, who are we deceiving first? Ourselves. Because we are fooling ourselves into making ourselves believe that we are right or that we can get away with this. Because you can get away with it 
temporarily for some time, but in the long run, eventually, in the hereafter, won't a person be caught? Yes. Won't the truth be exposed? Yes. Won't all the evidences be brought? Won't a person's own hands speak against him? Yes. So before we deceive others, remember we are deceiving ourselves. Allah says, such people who are guilty, do not argue on their behalf. Do not advocate for them. Do not prove their innocence. إِنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed Allah. لَا يُحِبُّ He does not love مَنْ كَانَ Whoever is خَوَّانًا أَثِيمًا Notice the word man kana, whoever. No matter who it is, whether he claims to be a believer or not, whether he has seen the Prophet ﷺ, prayed behind him, doesn't matter. If someone is khawan, a theme, Allah doesn't love such a person. Who is khawan? From kha, wow, noon. Again, khiyana. Khawan is one who does a lot of khiyana. Very, very treacherous. Very, very deceitful. And if you think about it, deceit and treachery, what comes under this? What comes under this? Lying, very true. Fabricating, okay? Lying, fabricating, you know, some false evidence or something like that. All of this is under deceit. So such people, Allah doesn't love them. Atheem, atheem is who? Very sinful. Very sinful. And Ism in particular is a sin that is against other people. Such a sin because of which other people will suffer. Okay? That is what ism is. So a theme is someone who is constantly depriving people of their rights. Now think about it. One is that a person lies. And because of his lie, someone is suffering. And then he says another lie to cover up that lie. And then another lie to cover up that lie. So then what happens? One evil leads to another, to another, to another. So a person becomes from khain to khawan, from athim to athim. Allah doesn't love such people who persist in their wrongdoing. Because remember, mistakes happen. Sometimes you do something wrong, and later on you're in shock. What did I just do? What was I thinking? Why did I do this? Why did I say this? Isn't it that you find yourself sometimes in a position feeling horrible? Feeling you're crazy, you're so dumb, what were you thinking? Doesn't it happen? This happens with us because we are people. Sometimes we sin against Allah, sometimes against other human beings. But at this time, you have two options. Either do khiyana or come out honest. Either do khiyana, lie, make a false excuse, cover up that sin, deceive people, blame someone else, whatever, to prove yourself as very holy. And the other is, come out clean. Accept it. It's a reality. Deal with it. Apologize. Confess. Deal with the consequences. And that's much better. يَسْتَغْفُونَ مِنَ النَّاسِ Allah says they hide from the people, from خَفِي What does khafi mean? That which is hidden. So these people who are deceiving themselves, they try to hide from people. When a person has committed something wrong, he's committed a crime, what does he want to do? He wants to hide from people. Which is why as soon as a crime is committed, criminals are nowhere to be found. They go in hiding. They're on the run. Right? They're on the run with the police chasing them across town. So, يَسْتَخْفُونَ مِنَ nas. People can hide from men, from human beings. Sometimes they can change their identity immediately. They can change their physical appearance. 
Right? For example, when they were committing the crime, they put a fake beard on, or they put something on so that they looked very different, and immediately after they go and take it off, and all of a sudden they look like a completely different person, nobody would even recognize them. It may happen. يَسْتَغْفُونَ مِنَ nas. And a person may hide from people for years and years. Years and years. The criminal is hiding. He is not found. What does Allah say? وَلَا يَسْتَغْفُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ but they cannot hide from Allah. We can hide from, for example, a teacher and cheat during a test. People do that, right? But can we hide from Allah? No. The teacher may not be looking, but who's looking? Allah is looking. Who needs to hide from people? Someone who knows they're wrong. Correct? Because when someone is confident about what they have done, they know they're not wrong, then they don't need to hide from people. Isn't it so? They don't need to hide from people. So, يَسْتَغْفُونَ مِنَ النَّاسِ وَلَا يَسْتَغْفُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ They cannot hide from Allah. And always, always remind yourself of this. I can hide my action. I can hide my notes. I can hide my correspondence, my emails, whatever, behind passwords and behind passcodes and different, different locks, whatever. But can I hide it from Allah? Never. My mom may never see it. My dad may never see it. My teacher may never see it. My siblings may never find out. My relatives may have no idea. But, وَلَا يَسْتَخْفُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ We cannot hide from Allah. وَلَا يَسْتَخْفُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَهُوَ مَعَهُمْ And He is with them. He was with them. إِذْ يُبَيِّتُونَ When they were plotting in the night. يُبَيِّتُونَ بَيَّتَ يُبَيِّتُ To spend the night. Doing what? Obviously something bad. Because why would you have to hide in the night and do it? Right? So إِذْ يُبَيِّتُونَ When they were planning by night, what? As to what they were going to do. When they were planning secretly what they were going to do and how they were going to do it, Allah was with them the whole time. Allah was watching them. Listening to every word they were whispering. To every action that they were doing. Everything. Allah was watching them. Allah was with them. مَا لَا يَرْضَى مِنَ الْقَوْلِ What Allah does not approve of in speech. Meaning they were saying such things which Allah does not approve of. Or they were planning to say things which Allah does not approve of. Because Thurma and his family, they sat down together and they decided as to what they were going to say to the Prophet ﷺ. To prove that Thurma was innocent. Alright? And basically they devised a whole plan, a whole setup as to how they were going to say what they were going to say before the Prophet ﷺ that would prove that Thurma was innocent. And this is what happens. People spend hours and days trying to figure out how they're going to prove the innocence of a person who is actually guilty. Does Allah approve of such speech? مَا لَا مِنَ الْقَوْلِ Never. Deceitful speech. Never. And sometimes it happens that people, they plan from before. You say this and I'll say this. And you say this and I'll say this. And you say this. And then together they go as a group before whoever they have to. And then everybody says whatever they have to. It's all planned out. It's all planned out. What does Allah say? The time when they were planning, Allah was with them. 
Does Allah approve of such words? Not at all. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ And Allah is ever بِمَا يَعْمَلُونَ Of whatever they do, مُحِيطَ Encompassing. Ihata is to encircle and encompass. So Allah has encompassed all of their deeds. They can't hide from Him. They can't run away from Him. No matter what they do, what they plan to say, what they say, everything, Allah knows. They can't escape Him. They cannot hide from Him. So what does this teach us then? That before we fear people, who should we be afraid of? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can cheat people, we can hide the reality from them, but we cannot escape Allah. Because وَكَانَ اللَّهُ بِمَا يَعْمَلُونَ مُحِيطًا Allah is encompassing everything that they do. هَا أَنْتُمْ هَا أُولَائِي Here you are. Allah addresses the believers that here you are, or the people of Turma, that here you are. هَا أُولَائِي You are those who جَادَلْتُمْ عَنْهُمْ You are arguing on their behalf. Meaning, here you are defending such criminals, such guilty ones, where fil hayat dunya in the life of this world. Meaning right now, in this dunya, you can defend them. You can hire the best lawyer, give him the most money, whatever. You can try your best to defend a guilty person. جَادَلْتُمْ عَنْهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ dunya. And after, you know, extended lawsuits and whatever, eventually you can prove the guilty one innocent. Okay, fine. But then, فَمَنْ يُجَادِلُ اللَّهَ عَنْهُمْ Who is going to argue with Allah on behalf of these people? يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ On the Day of Judgment. When you know that this person is guilty, yet you can stand before people and say that he is innocent. And you can go on and on and on, one lie after the other, to prove the innocence of this person. Okay, you can do it in this world before other human beings. Can you do this before Allah? Can you come to Allah and say that this person is innocent? Can you do that? You can't do that. Because you can deceive the judge, but can you deceive Allah? You can hide the reality from the judge, but can you hide the reality from Allah? No, you can't. فَمَنْ يُجَادِلُ اللَّهَ عَنْهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَمْ or مَنْ يَكُونُ عَلَيْهِمْ Who will be for them? وَكِيلًا A representative. Who will be the representative tomorrow? Wakil is from Waw Kaf Lam. Who is Wakil? Someone on whom you trust and rely. And someone who is trusted upon, he is the one who deals with the matter at hand. So Wakil over here refers to someone who will take charge of their affair and defend them. Who is going to be their defender on the Day of Judgment? Who is going to be their advocate then? Because sometimes what happens is that when we find out that someone has committed a crime, okay, let's say your brother or your sister, she ran a red light. She was wrong, clearly wrong. It was her fault. Absolutely her fault. And she got a ticket. She got caught and she got a ticket. And then she has to go to court and fight that and you go with her and then you go as her supporter or there's a lawyer who defends her. Okay, you can defend them now. But who's going to defend them later? Who's going to defend them later? Can someone stand up on your behalf before Allah and say, Oh Allah, this person is innocent, please forgive them. Can someone do that? No one will have the guts on the Day of Judgment. Because what do we learn? On that day, people won't be able to speak even. 
People won't have the courage to speak even. Even the prophets will find it difficult to speak before Allah. Your own hands won't be able to defend you. Only the person who comes to Allah as an obedient servant, as a servant who realizes that yes, I was wrong, I am wrong, I am guilty, I am sinful, and I need Allah's mercy and forgiveness to clean me. A person who comes like this on the Day of Judgment, for him inshallah there is forgiveness. Because remember, no human being is pure. No human being is innocent. Only the prophets are forgiven. The rest of us, the rest of the people, we commit sins. We all commit sins. Alright? So, there are two ways. One is that a person does not admit. He becomes arrogant, refuses to accept. Hides, covers, deceives, lies, cheats. And the other is that you say, yeah, my fault. I'm sorry. I did it, I know. My fault. And after that, he was in prison for a while. And she said, when his prison, he started praying, practicing. And when after he came out from prisoner, He's mashallah now practice Muslim and he's uh, forget whatever he did before. Yes. But she said, if I hide whatever he did from the police, he will be growing up with the same gun, with the same people and stuff. Definitely. And I lost my son totally. But I trust in Allah and I stick with the truth and hand it off. And he knows what's good. And now the bisper's son. Alhamdulillah. I never have it for Alhamdulillah. Because the thing is that when a person has done something wrong and they're going to suffer the consequences, we feel sorry for them. Isn't it? We pity them. We feel so bad for them. Oh, they're going to be questioned. They're going to be behind bars. They're going to be fined. Their license is going to be taken from them. We feel sorry for them. So we say, okay, fine, I'll defend you. I know you're wrong, but I'll still defend you. Or we say that because they're my brother, because they're my son, I am going to defend them even if they're wrong. But are we helping the person here? No. We're actually harming them even more. We're harming them even more. Because when someone is wrong then they have to be corrected, not supported. The Prophet ﷺ said, Unsur akhaka zaliman al-mazluman. Help your brother, whether he is the one who is unjust or the one on whom injustice is being done. So the people asked, how do we help the one who is unjust? What was the answer? By stopping him. By stopping him. So remember that you can defend them now, but you can't defend them later. Who will defend them on the Day of Judgment? Who will defend them from Allah? No one will. So if you really, really want good for the person who has committed a crime, then what's the best thing you can do? What's the best thing you can do? Have them face the reality. Have them face the reality, the consequences. Because if you don't, then you are what? An accomplice, right? If you're supporting them, if you're hiding them, then you are actually a part of the crime. I just want to share a story of my uncle, my uncle's son, my cousin, he married my sister. And then he married her and he left her for uh, six months. So um, my sister, she went to my uncle and she said, he's not here, like what I'm going to do. And he took her to the judge and he said, this is my brother's daughter. And my son is her husband and I can be witness, just divorce her, give her her right. Because my son, he's not a good person. So my uncle, you know how he died? He died in front of masjid door. Because he speaks the truth, Allah make him, you know, die in the right way. That sometimes we see wrong being done in our own families, in our own households, in our close family circle or friend circle. But still, what do we do? 
we don't stand up for truth, for justice. And like that, we are actually helping the wrongdoer. We're actually helping the unjust person. وَمَن يَعْمَلْ سُوءًا Whoever does evil, أَوْ يَظْلِمْ نَفْسَهُ Or wrongs himself. ثُمَّ يَسْتَغْفِرِ اللَّهَ Then he seeks forgiveness from Allah. يَجِدِ اللَّهَ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا He will find Allah forgiving and merciful. Who? The person who? Says sorry. The person who faces the reality, accepts it, apologizes, and mends his ways. Because su happens, ghulm happens. What is su? Su is a sin by which another person is harmed. Such as accusing someone, deceiving someone, being treacherous. This is what? Su. You've harmed someone else. Yaghlim nafsahu, ghulm against oneself. This refers to a sin whose consequences are limited to the sinner. So whoever does evil, whether it is a sin by which others are harmed, or a sin by which he himself is harmed only, Whatever mistake has happened, whatever sin has been committed, when you get dirty and you go to Allah saying sorry, that I am wrong, please clean me, please forgive me, that's better. Because such a person will find Allah forgiving and merciful. So when you do something wrong, whatever the reason was, shaitan made you do it, you got into the wrong company, you got influenced by people, you did something wrong, okay. Just go say sorry to your Lord. Go apologize. وَمَن يَكْسِبْ إِسْمًا And whoever earns, acquires from kasb, kaf sin ba, which is to acquire, earn something. So whoever acquires an ism, a sin, فَإِنَّمَا يَكْسِبُهُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ Then in reality, he is acquiring it against himself. Because once a sin is committed, it's committed. You are going to face the consequences. You are going to have to deal with the results, whether you like it or you don't. When you break a dish, then yes, there will be pieces that you have to pick up. You can't ignore that. You are going to suffer the consequences. This is a reality. And Allah is knowing and wise. So when you're at fault, then face it. Face the reality. In the Qur'an we learn, وَلَا تَكْسِبُ كُلُّ نَفْسٍ إِلَّا عَلَيْهَا That no soul earns a blame except against itself. Meaning when a person does something wrong, then he is the one who suffers. What's the point of this? That even if you say that, no, no, I am not wrong, still you'll suffer. A person may be wrong, and he can prove himself innocent, but what will happen? he will still suffer the consequences. Because you know what? Allah has put a heart in you, a conscience in you that will not leave you. When you've done something wrong and you pretend that you haven't done it, your heart will not leave you. It will keep coaxing you. It will keep reprimanding you. Ten years down, you will have nightmares. Fifteen years down, it will come back to you. Those thoughts will haunt you. Isn't it? And when you have wronged someone, when you've hurt someone, then Allah is just. He is very fair. It's not possible that a person harms someone and he is spared. And this is the reason why sins have consequences. Sins have consequences. When you hurt someone, you get hurt as well. When you harm someone, you get harmed as well. There was a person whom we had hired to fix the backyard and as he was working, he told us a story about how his father, he was a landlord. And he had told his sons 
that whatever you do, just don't take interest from anybody. Meaning whether you rent something to someone, loan something, whatever, just don't charge interest. This is something that you should not do. So this man, he said that I held on to my father's advice and I never ever accepted interest from anyone. My brothers on the other hand, what did they do as soon as they got their properties from their father? Immediately they lent it to people and they would charge interest. I sold my property and came here. And now I work as a gardener. Imagine, someone who's a son of a big landlord works as a gardener. Okay, But he says that today I send money to my brothers back home because they're out of money. When you harm someone, you get harmed. You charge someone with more than what they can bear. Tomorrow you will be in a situation where you're desperate for you know, something. So this is a reality. وَمَن يَكْسِبْ إِثْمًا فَإِنَّمَا يَكْسِبُهُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ عَلِيمًا حَكِيمًا وَمَن يَكْسِبْ خَطِيئَةً And whoever earns a sin, whoever earns an offense, أو إثمًا or a sin. What's the difference between خَطِيئًا and إثم? خَطِيئًا is you can say a small sin. And إثم is like a big sin. Or you can say خَطِيئًا is you know a mistake that happens without intention. And إثم is deliberate. You know, you plan it out. You want to do it. So whoever acquires an offense or a sin, it happened intentionally or unintentionally, deliberately or accidentally, whatever. Mistakes happen. Whoever committed something wrong, summa, then yarmi bihi. He throws it. Yarmi is from ramim ya. Rami is to throw. At hajj, what do you do? Ramiul jimal. You throw the stones on the, on the, Jimar, right? So, yarmi bihi, meaning he blames, he throws the crime on who? On bari'an, on the one who is innocent. Bari' from bara hamza, bara'a is to be safe, to be free from something. So bari' is someone who is innocent. So the sinful, this criminal individual, someone who's made a mistake, what does he do? He hurls the blame on an innocent person. He hurls the blame on an innocent person. Allah says such a person, فَقَدْ احْتَمَلَ Then in fact he has carried بُهْتَانًا A slander وَإِثْمَ مُبِينًا And a manifest sin. Accusing someone of something they have not done. False accusation. What is it? بُهْتَان A slander. بَهَتَ بَهُتَ Is to be confounded, to be shocked. To be speechless. And when you are accused of something you have not done, then you're in shock that what just happened? I never did it. I never meant that. How come I'm the guilty person here? So buhtan is what? Slander. So the person who falsely accuses someone, then he is carrying the sin of slander, and he is carrying the burden of isma mubina, a clear sin. What's the reason behind blaming someone else? For something wrong that you've done. Why does a person do that? Why? They don't want to be seen as someone who's bad. They don't want to be viewed as the one who's wrong. Or the one whose fault it is. Right? They don't want to suffer the consequences. Right? So this is the main reason behind blaming an innocent person. Why would a person do that? Why is it that he doesn't want to be viewed as someone who's wrong? Because he thinks very highly of himself. 
When a person has pride, arrogance, ego, then he believes I cannot be wrong. I cannot make a mistake. I am never wrong. I am always right. So even when a mistake happens, what does he do? He did it. She did it. So and so did it. I never did it. I'm clean. I'm perfect. I'm the best. This arrogance is similar to whose arrogance? Shaitan's. Ana khayrum minhu. I'm better than him. So a person who blames others, in reality, he has ego problems. He doesn't want to accept that he's wrong. And if you look at it over here, initially the sin was just khati'ah. But when he blamed someone, it became isma mubina. Go ahead. Um, in January, I was writing my math midterm, and there were these two boys that were sitting in the back, and they were cheating on the exam. And the teacher told both of them to stand up. He asked the first one, tell me honestly, in front of the whole class, we stopped writing our exams because we were curious, of course. And he said, okay, first student, what happened? And he made this really, really intricate lie that was like, even I kind of believed it. I'm like, oh, that kind of makes sense. But it was like really, really well thought out and everything. You can tell that he obviously, you know, he did this before the exam. And then he said how, oh, the paper fell on the ground and how his friend picked it up for him and all these kind of things. And he's just like, okay. The teacher was just like, hmm. The teacher is a really nice guy and he believed it. So he's just like, student two, what happened? He's like, we cheated, sir. We planned this out since the end of December. We both wanted to get a really good mark on this midterm and we cheated on the exam. I'm really sorry to everyone in this class and I'm really sorry to you and I accept any consequence. So... The teacher did punish both of them, but he punished student one worse. And of course the word got around school, and that student for the rest of the year had to sit and write exams beside the teacher. Yes. So sometimes it happens that you blame someone else or you pretend that you're innocent, but what will happen? Allah will make it clear. Allah will make the reality clear. That sometimes the one who is supporting you will change his mind, and he will confess. So where can you hide then? You can't hide anywhere. So there is no point, there is no benefit in hiding the reality, in coming up with false explanations, in accusing other people. When you've done wrong, you've done it. Accept it and face the consequences. وَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكَ And if it was not for the favor of Allah upon you, وَرَحْمَتُهُ And His mercy on who? On Muhammad wasallam. Allah says, if it was not for His mercy, His favor on you, لَهَمَّتْ Surely it had intended. Hammat, we have done this word earlier. Hammimin. It had firmly resolved. Who? طَائِفَةٌ مِّنْهُمْ A group of these people. أَيُضِلُّكَ That they would mislead you. They had planned this whole thing. How they were going to prove the innocence of Thurmah. They were going to mislead you. But Allah saved you. It was His mercy, His favor, because of which you were saved from making a wrong decision. And for the sake of argument, even if they made you believe that he was innocent, even if they managed to mislead you, Allah says, وَمَا يُضِلُّونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ They would not have misled except themselves. Because again, just like before you deceive someone, who do you deceive? Yourself. When you mislead someone, who do you mislead first? Yourself. Because you're telling someone, come follow me. And you're going on the wrong way. So who's ahead? You are. وَمَا يُضِلُّونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ وَمَا يَضُرُّونَكَ مِنْ شَيْءٍ And they could not have harmed you anything at all. 
Meaning, even if they made you believe that Turma was innocent, and you passed a verdict in his favor, would you, O Muhammad wasallam, be guilty? No. Because a judge, when he makes a judgment based on his understanding, and he believes that he is siding with the truth, he is not being biased, he has heard both sides of the story, he knows that he has done his best according to his ijtihad, his effort, he is making a decision, then even if it was a wrong decision, he is not sinful. Why? Because he is being honest and sincere in the decision that he's making. Alright? This is why Allah says, وَمَا يَضُرُّونَكَ مِنْ And they cannot harm you anything at all. Because you made the decision based on your best ability, with all honesty, and Allah knows. وَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةَ And Allah has revealed upon you the book and the wisdom. The book, the Qur'an, what does the wisdom refer to? The wahi that was given, which is not part of the Qur'an. Which is collected in what? In the sunnah. So Allah has given you two things, the book and the wisdom. وَعَلَّمَكَ And He has taught you مَا لَمْ تَكُنْ تَعْلَمْ Which you did not know. Allah has taught you something which you did not know before. وَكَانَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكَ عَظِيمًا And the favor of Allah upon you is indeed very great. The Prophet ﷺ is being reminded over here of the blessing of the Qur'an, of wahi, of the sunnah. That Allah has taught you something you did not know before. Think about it. What benefit are you receiving from this book now? This should save you from making mistakes. And this is a reminder for all of us. Allah has taught us what we did not know before. So if He has given us that knowledge, then what should we do? Close the book and put it away? No. Open it up and use it. Benefit from it. Because the Qur'an has not been revealed as a talisman. It has been revealed as a guide. It has been revealed as a guide for us. So let's open up this book and benefit from it. Recitation. إنا أنزلنا إليك الكتاب بالحق لتحكم بين الناس بما أراك الله ولا تكن للخائنين خصيما واستغفر الله إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ غَفُورًا رَّحِيمًا وَلَا تُجَادِلْ عَنِ الَّذِينَ يَخْتَانُونَ أَنفُسَهُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ مَنْ كَانَ خَوَّانًا أَثِيمًا يَسْتَخْفُونَ مِنَ النَّاسِ وَلَا يَسْتَخْفُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَهُوَ مَعَهُمْ وَهُوَ مَعَهُمْ إِذْ يُبَيِّتُونَ مَا لَا يَرْضَى مِنَ الْقَوْلِ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ بِمَا يَعْمَلُونَ مُحِيطًا هَا أَنْتُمْ هَا في الحياة الدنيا فمن يجادل الله عنهم يوم القيامة أم من يكون عليهم وكيلا 
So there should be a difference between how a person was before he knew and how a person becomes after he comes to know. 